0: Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like um polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Yabbler! Four goals to Ablett. Oh, Baselinko! You're guilty! Justin Madden's got the sit. One hand. Oh he's oh, oh. oh the post is broken!
1: Oh, talk about a He-Man! Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt, for Open Brothers funerals, celebrating lives. Oh Matthew, good day to you and good day to Australia and in fact the world via the World Wide Web and today we've got an absolute cracker for you folks. Uh, he's a crow eater through and through. And he's part, just as much a part of Australian football folklore as names like Barassi and Witten and Kennedy, Skilton. He's right up there with the most recognisable name in the game. And uh, in the VFL and AFL and Sandful and Waffle, thousands of men have played the game at the highest level. Some play and move on. Others have more of an impact. And then there's the select few who will remain with their legacy as long as the game is played. They make a lasting impression that will indelibly be recorded in the history of the game forever, and today's guest is one such man. 274 senior matches for Westies, South Adelaide and the Bay at Glenelg. Two Sandful Premiership Captain Coach Awards for the West Adelaide and South Adelaide Football Clubs. Two Sandville Premierships as just coach. And that was one for West Adelaide and one for Glenelg. five club best in Ferris, six South Australian captain uh, and AFL and South Australian Football Hall of Fame. Neil Knuckles Curley, this is your football life.
0: Hi, Rex. How are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I must have worn you out. Could you believe as a young kid growing up in South Australia that you would get an introduction like that uh, a lot of years down the track?
0: Well, uh, that's a bit over the top, Rex, but thank you very much for saying those beautiful things about me.
1: Well, they're true, and uh, we first met in 1979 when Harry Brachel said, this is Knuckles' brother, and a young bloke with hair was just starting on his broadcasting career and that Carlton and Collingwood grand final was a ripper but you go back a long, long way. You were born in 1934. What's your first memories as a young kid in South Australia about uh, your love of footy? Tell us your early years as a kid.
0: Well, we used to mark around the back in the school, of course, a little, little school. I went to a place called Love Day. Nobody's ever heard of. Uh, and then, of course, started Senior Colts with a uh, place called Barmera. Uh, it was under 18s, and I was... 14 years of age, trying to get a, trying to get a game. Uh, I used to ride my bike in five mile, and then after training, ride back in the dark with no lights. But that didn't matter. And finally got a game when I was 14, 15 years of age, and uh, played in a senior Colts Premiership that year. Yeah. And of course that uh, next year, of course I turned 16, got myself a motorbike. Uh, we would lost the DAB and I was 11. And I said to mum with her six kids, mum, I'm I'm heading off. She said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. (laughs) Got on my motorbike and headed north. Yeah. And finished up on uh, sheep and cattle stations and truck driving for two years without playing football at all. Really? Yeah. Missed missed the years of 16 and 17. Came back to do national service at 18 at a place called Woodside in Adelaide, just out of Adelaide. Yeah. Played a a game with West Adelaide. I'd never trained with them. They came up and invited me down to play. Uh, I didn't know them at all. And then I played. Season ended. Met a big bloke at National Service called John Holness who lived at Woomera. Yeah. And uh, he took me up there. And we went to a place called Cooley Milka. Oh, yeah. uh, A tent city way up where they fired the Rockets. And uh, they had a team the year before who hadn't won a game. So came three weeks before the opening game. They decided to elect a, a president, a secretary, treasurer, and they needed a captain and coach. Mm. And I had to kick the ball with the fellows behind the tents after the after work, and I could do a little bit.
1: What age and were then, you then? I was 18. Goodness me, and they wanted you for captain coach.
0: Well, this bloke with a hat on nominated me. So he that, said, that young kid there, I don't know his name, but... I've been watching him kick the ball behind the tents. He yeah. knows what he's doing. Well, I'll nominate him, and I said, "Hey, woo, woo, woo." I've never. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Seconded. So I'm coach.
1: Okay.
0: Three oh, weeks before the Christ, first game. Me. So they put the grader over the oval, took the big stones off, mm-hmm. left the little ones there, and uh, we had 15 players for the first game. No, no jumpers. Yeah. We played in shirts and singlets, two of us had boots, and we lost the first five games. And then <laughs> we got a couple of newies came into the place who could play a bit. Yeah. And we started to win. And you wouldn't believe it, we won the premiership in Goodness 1953. Me.
1: Isn't that amazing? And when you say, you know, you lost the first five and then you won. for One or won, won the
0: next? One yeah, the next?
1: Just, just... Absolutely amazing the <laughs> amount of the game that's played above the shoulders and and that is self belief in yourself but also in your teammate. It hasn't changed anything to, to to this day Neil
0: well that's right because I didn't know what to do I didn't know what to tell them so I just said follow me yeah you know, do what I do. try and do what I do and of course I'd already played one league game so I could play I think I they awarded me the male medal yes I think the runner up was 14 votes behind me. Really? That that was a clear, clear win. Uh, then I went to Waiala, uh, two years as captain coach. Uh, that's where Barry Robin came from. Oh, wow. And Graham Corns. Yeah. Um, and won two premierships there, married, met Barb, married Barb, and moved to Adelaide the following year
1: goodness me. Did you always, and we're talking to Neil Knuckles Curley, a legend of Australian football and make no mistake about that, he doesn't like me saying that, but I'm telling you, And this is your football life with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers celebrating life. We're celebrating the footy life of Knuckles. A a question you won't like, did you always think as a kid that you had above average ability or was it more your determination like a barassi? Did you have good skills as a kid?
0: Yes, I... I was fortunate. Uh, I went to Ross Trevor College, Catholic College, and a man called, or a person called Brother Gurr, was our under-13s coach, and mm-hmm. he was fantastic. Yeah. He really was, and taught me a lot about the skills of the game, and because they don't worry about you know, being aggressive and that type of stuff, he concentrated on skills. So, yeah, I was both sides of my leg, both sides of my hands. I had a pretty good brain had good reflexes, Yeah. and of course I didn't mind getting a bump or two.
1: No, and uh, that was your trademark. Uh, Tell us about uh, going back uh, to Westies, or going to Westies in '56, the year of the Olympics. Uh, You played in four consecutive grand finals, but Foss Williams and the Port Adelaide side had uh, no intention of letting you win the flag in those particular years. But four consecutive grand finals, my goodness me.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. That's exactly. And a couple of games were only lost by a couple of points. Yeah. Uh, but under Jack Odie, we, we just couldn't, we just couldn't get over the line on Grand Final day. Yeah. And then of course came 1960. I was appointed captain. And then in 1961, I was appointed captain coach yeah. of West Yeah.
1: Uh, how how difficult was it, Neil Curley, in being a captain coach? You know, you go back to your early years when they said to you, you know, in your first club. You know, he looks all right. He said, I don't know the first thing about it. you recognise recognised <laughs> as one of the master captain coaches and coaches. And, you know, you got EJ Witten. I think the last bloke might have been Malcolm Blight. But back then you could, do, you could do both jobs, that you were a fair player. And also you could coach other kids who were struggling a bit.
0: Yeah, well, of course, see, I had the three years previous in the bush as captain coach, and that, that helped a hell yep. of a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, I didn't, I loved it. I loved the challenge both. As a player and as a tactician, there weren't too many tactics in those days. It was get the bloody ball and kick it as far as you can. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. Um, but I adjusted to it, um, yeah, e- not easily, but I handled it okay. Yeah. And of course, came the 61 grand final in 35 degree heat. Oh. And drinking water was taboo. Oh. Medically taboo to drink water during the course of the game. Yeah. So you can just imagine how stuff we were at the end of the game.
1: Isn't it imagining, amazing now where I think I went to the, one of the airports in the last couple of weeks, it's $5.20... For half a litre of uh, pure water, when we used to drink it out of the tap and uh, swallow yep, yep. a redback or a funnel web or something like that, <laughs> I can remember first going in the late 60s uh, to Punt Road with Graham Bond and Tommy said, if you don't train properly, Tommy, he said, you won't get a drink of water and now they'd throw you in jail for that, wouldn't they? <laughs> exactly
0: right. we're today, talking course, about
1: water. We're not talking about beer or soft drink, we're talking about water, $5.20 a bottle. That,
0: that's right, is This amuses me today with the players playing today. They run out to do their little warm-up and then they call for a drink. (laughs) I can't believe it. Anyhow, uh, so we won that one in 61. Yeah. And 62, uh, we lost that one by two points. Yeah. uh, To Port. Uh, I had to test two players in the morning of the game. They both failed fitness. Both all Australians. Yes. One was Ken Eustace and the other was Donald Roach who went over and Play with Hawthorne. Oh, so games, those yeah. two players were missing on the grand final day.
1: Uh, that was a big decision, but you were disciplined enough to know that you just can't take blokes,
0: Except- you know,
1: 95% into a game. That means there's the odd bloke who can do it, but uh, you know, with that Francis Burke break Mick Malthouse's shoulder before the '82 grand final, it must have been difficult. Although you were in charge.
0: Yeah, look, it, it was because they were both very good friends of mine, and yes. you know, good mates of mine in those days, and. I love them both, and I'd, I I lo- I would have loved to have played them. Yeah. I just said to my brother, I said, Look, fellas, I can't afford to lose you in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, if that happens, that could be... Anyhow, we didn't win that. We lost it.
1: Yeah. You're sounding well. You're sounding in a good place, you know, for your age. You're amazing. Uh, how, how are you spending your time now? You know, I... I've been told by a lot of people and it's come to fruition, Knuckles, you know, that the most important uh, organ in your body to exercise is your brain. You've obviously got plenty to do and you're as sharp as a tack still.
0: I'm a bit fortunate that way, but I'm not too keen with a sponsor of ours. What's his name, of yours?
1: Tobin Brothers, mate. We can get you the best <laughs> prepaid funeral, mate. You can pay uh, pay the money now, and if you die next week, mate, you get the full value. Otherwise, it's a good investment for your family.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I believe they're a very good firm, so they would bury me well. They were um,
1: well. I can remember 3AW when I used to be on 5AA. I used to call the ABC the Tobin Brothers, and when they came and said, oh, the Tobin Brothers want to pick this uh, this is your footy life up, I thought, 3 LO. Godness me, they can't be coming and asking me for a job.
0: <laughs> uh, well, today, I live on the River Murray. as yep. you're well aware, yep. and there's plenty to do up there. I love fishing. I do, I would fish four or five times a week. Wow. Uh, I love shooting a bunny. Yeah. I love shooting a duck. Uh, I like going out cutting wood with a chainsaw and splitting stumps.
1: Magnificent.
0: Uh, and carting them in for, for fire. Yeah. And uh, just general work around the place. is always... There's always something to do. Yeah. I watch I watch my footy. Yeah. I watched six games of AFL last weekend. Wow. Uh, I just I just love football.
1: Well, we're I going to get it. onto that after the break. And uh, what do you think of the modern game and, uh, and a couple of things that change the whole uh, atmosphere, particularly when South Australia beat Victoria in that unbelievable historical game. Uh, let's get back to your national service. There's a lot of people listen to this show, Neil, that not only love footy but they like uh, facets of life. You were in 1952. I went in in 1968, you know, with blokes, blokes like Sheedy and Dietrich and Noonan and, and, and these sort of blokes, uh, you know, Barry Round. Uh, I saw no-hopers come to national service and turn out to be reasonable citizens, and many of them had a career in the army. Did you see the same thing in the 1950s?
0: Well, the big thing... the there was a lot of country people in my uh, country, mainly from Broken Hill, Yeah. In, in my group, uh, or at the the whole situation, and the discipline the Army boys put on them, and I tell you what, it, it turned the corner for a lot of those players, a lot yeah. of those yeah. uh, people, or those youngsters, and I, I think what the Army influence had on them took them through the rest of their life. I think it was a great learning curve.
1: Yeah, some of the do-gooders say, oh, you can't do that, but... Uh you know, well, of I, these people aren't on, outside the fartsack until midday and looking for a handout and why the world won't dedicate itself to
0: making them happy. It didn't do you any harm, did it? No, it didn't. But I did snap about two days before we were due to leave. I snapped with this uh, English warrant officer bloke. I didn't like him at all. Mm. He was always picking me. Yeah. So I donged him. Did you? I donged him and uh, I spent the next two days in the jail. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> that, yeah, the... the the Army Jail, not the not the civilian jail, yeah. the Army Jail.
1: Okay, we, yeah, yeah, go on. Well, what we might do is take a break and come back to that day in 1963 at the MCG oh, when it was a famous South much. Australian victory, so you can have a think about that yeah. and uh, we'll remind you again, Knuckles, this is for Tobin Brothers who are celebrating lives <laughs> and real ace. Take your break and join us after the break. You're listening to Neil Knuckles Curley on This Is Your Football Life. Dream rises to the top. He- an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, Matthew, it's a it's a lovely thrill for me to be interviewing Neil Knuckles Curley today. Mr. Football of South Australia I used to call uh, Teddy Whitten, Mrs. Football and Barass was around there, but they were the three biggest names as a kid I can remember growing up. And uh, Knuckles, uh, at that particular stage in uh, the early 60s, Victoria used all your blokes against you, and all of a sudden, in 1963, an historical moment that will take its place in the history of the game forever happened at the MCG. Take us back to that day in 1963, please.
0: Well, up until 1963, Foss Williams, our coach for the last few years, did not have a voice on selection. So selection was left to some of the guys that had played the game, a couple hadn't. But in 1963, Foss Williams finally got on the selection panel to pick the state side. And he knew the type of player that was required to play the Vicks. The Vicks were too good for us up until that point. They were stronger, fitter, better equipped, more skillful and tough. Anyhow, I said to Foss after our big defeat of before, I said, we've got to match these fellas. I said, we've got to get stronger and better and, and, and quicker. And so we worked at it. And along came 63. Um, Harry Bytel did a panel on Friday night, which I was invited to go to. And there was uh, Jack Dyer and Lou Richards on it. And Harry said to me on TV, we didn't have a TV over here then, he said, what do you think of the chances? I said, pretty good. I said, we are got a pretty good side, Harry. We've worked hard. Mm. I think we're ready to take your boys on. Yeah. He turned to Jack Dyer and said, if you were coach of the Victorian side, Jack, what would you do? If I was coach of the Victorian side, I'd give him a pep talk and go to the races. That's exactly what he said. (laughs) And he said, what do you think of that, Curly? I said, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I said, uh, so I've gone back to our, uh, I think we're playing for St. George down. Well, you wouldn't have
1: used that that statement from old Captain Blood, not much. (laughs) Yeah, and so
0: (laughs) I said to the boys, you boys watch that TV show? Yeah. What do you think of that? Can't say what I called him. <laughs> I said, We'll we'll show these guys tomorrow. Yeah. Well as luck happened, the opening bounce. I think the Victorian Sam man was a brother named the name of Alistair Lord. Yeah. Who was awarded the Brown Mother the year before. The ball bounced beautifully up in the air. Alistair came from his side, I came from my side. Remember I was a physical labourer, truck driver, yeah. in the gym virtually all day lifting things. Mm. He sort of bounced off me a bit. And went on the ground, he was not too good. And the Vic boys came in and, well, like little blowflies they were, yeah. trying to do things. And we kicked three goals in seven minutes. <laughs> and uh, the Vic boys gradually wore us down, gradually wore us down, you know, because they, they had open selection that year too. Yes. Not two from one side, and one from the other. Open selection. And how, with about eight minutes to go, we're trailing by about two points. Then Lindsay Head kicked two goals in the last or oh, seven minutes, and I think we won by seven points, roughly. So minutes. that was one of my best, or most individual games I've, I've ever enjoyed. It was just amazing. And in fantastic. that particular
1: game, for, for the sake of our younger people who can't remember it, were there South Australian people actually playing against you on that day?
0: No. there was. I don't think there was one South Australian uh, in the Victorian side. No, I don't think there was because it was extremely difficult but you couldn't get an open clearance in those days to stand out of football 12 months. Yeah. So I think we were on our own. Uh, but we you know, we
1: picked the right people yeah. in the right places. Uh, and later on, you know, Victoria had Western Australian and South Australian Tasmanian people and blew everyone to the Scheisenhausen, in my words, but the fact of the matter is that State of Origin soon fixed that up and that was probably yes. a great time of the year. Remember those Tuesday nights yep. out at Footy Park and the yep. ratings went through the roof? Weren't they <laughs> an exciting time for Australian footy?
0: Well, we I remember, yeah, the, the, they closed the gates, it's yeah. up the gates of Footy Park because oh. it was full. Yeah. They were they were great games for us and also for the game of football itself.
1: Yeah, I can remember, you know, Stephen Kernahan being an absolute star for South Australia and the likes of Lockett and Dunstall and Ablett playing for Victoria. They, oh, they, yeah. they were a great time of the year. Uh, what, what's your early memories of, of Adelaide joining yeah. uh, the the Australian Football League and the competition today? It was just so important. That South Australia came in, wasn't it?
0: It was. Well, people wouldn't know this, but I was appointed uh, with Bob Hammond to select the best players to, and go, to stop them going for the game from Victoria. Yes. And then, of course, I was made football manager for the first year in 1961. Yeah. Uh, but that that opening game in '91 against Hawthorne was a, a, just a dream come true um, when we when we beat Hawthorne... It was. Yeah. They I were the reigning
1: premiers, the... by the way. Oh, it was...
0: I remember walking into the change room yeah. after the game in this Victorian media black and I said, what did you think of that? I said, a gift from God. <laughs> and it was a gift from God, too. We we had all the luck in the world.
1: Well, I can remember the late and great David Hooks running up to the 3RW commentary position and saying to Barassi, where do we line up for finals tickets? The <laughs> cheeky little...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Actually, as you know, our captain got knocked out about yeah. 10 minutes in the last quarter by yeah. Burton and a fellow by the name Dare. <laughs> and uh, he had to get carried off. He didn't know And Monday morning, the phone rang and it was a fellow by the name of Hook from yes. Hawthorne. Yeah. And he said, You know the situation. He said, uh, We're wondering if you could give us some help, maybe in trying to get the boys off. Yeah. I said, Say that again, please. Yes. Which I repeated. And I cannot tell you what I said, but you've <laughs> got to be fucking joking, pal. <laughs> Get get off the
1: bloody phone. Did you ever find it difficult in uh, the electronic medium in which you worked uh, for so many years on radio and television of giving blokes a serve? Did you feel that, you know, that you'd never held back? You know, I I look at Robert Walls and Lee Matthews as probably the most good example I can give you. And Matthew Lloyd today, for no fear or favour, because, hey, I've been there and done that. This is only an opinion. Did you ever hold off at any stage, did you think? Or you thought, no, this bloke deserves my opinion and it's uh, he's not going to like it?
0: I don't think you're doing, doing your job correctly yeah. if you don't say what you see. Yeah. And uh, I never, I never, ever worried one cent about that. I couldn't have give a stuff. If they didn't like it, yes. they could sack me, do whatever they like. But no, I I gave what I saw. Yeah. And that's that's the truth, and that's why I stuck by all my life.
1: How good was... Uh Robran no. I, I knew I knew no. that e, Ebert came with Cornsey at the end of the North Melbourne era with Barassi in the late yep. 70s. But yep. uh, everyone I speak to says, don't worry about this. We know it's a you know a, a hypothetical thing. Oh, he didn't play that, but he was just a natural. Uh, and I've heard that from you many times.
0: It's a pity that it's just a shame that Barry didn't go to Melbourne. Yeah, just for one year maybe. Uh, no, he he was right up there with your very very best yes um he was just a a magician six foot three could play like a rover or a midfielder nowadays they call him um i just he just dominated the game over here he he was just a, a class act and uh he was the most humble and uh beautiful man i've ever met in my life
1: Isn't that great? You must uh, just uh, shake your head in wonderment like I do myself and say, have a look at the national competition. And again this year, uh, in this season, 2016, on one particular weekend, Neil Curley, there'll be a game of Australian football in every state and territory of Australia. And next year, we're off to China. Goodness (laughs) gracious me, if they'd have said that, you'd have scratched your hair off your head like I did
0: mine. I just can't understand how (laughs) a little... The little state called. You're right, but I just can't understand how a little state like South Australia can beat the teams in Victoria for this type of this type of thing in China. It's I think unbelievable. It's a breath
1: of fresh air with the new administration and Koshi over there.
0: Yeah, the
1: time yep. together is up, and I wanted to get you on not only just to have a chat, and I'm sure everyone's enjoyed it around Australia and in fact the world via the internet. What about the internet? But I wanted to pay tribute to you because I know when the games history is written. You'll sit uh, very, very nicely alongside legends like Skilton and Witten and Brassie in Victoria and Farmer and Cable across the Nullarbor and all the rest of them have played it. And Neil Curley, today it's been a pleasure to talk to you on This Is Your Football Life. Thank you very much, Rex. Folks, 80 years ago, the Tobin Brothers Funerals was founded by brothers Leo, Fonce, Thomas and Kevin. The first Tobin Brothers branch opened in North Melbourne these days is home to their head office and chapel. Today, Tobin Brothers Funerals is still owned by the Tobin family. It's a trusted household name with 22 locations and over 190 trained professionals. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Now, folks, if you'd like to hear more of uh, this interview with Neil Knuckles Curley, you can check us out on Twitter at RexFootballLife, and, folks, This Is Your Football Life is kindly brought to you with the regards of Tobin Brothers' funerals celebrating lives.
0: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call
1: 132191.